0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Even as this is Sean Gaylord, and even as I'm saying that and I'm looking at who's in, in, in front of me, um, you know, th- th- there's, there's a familiarity, and, and we've had a lot of familiarity uh, over over the last week or so, and I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful to have. Sarah Candela uh, with uh, with us on uh, on the podcast, and, and and Sarah, welcome. I'm I'm really grateful for you being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm excited. This is a different kind of uh, experience than I'm used to being invited to. So I'm excited to see what we can delve into and uncover today.
0: Yes, we we we've had we've we've had the benefit of of having some really good, fruitful, and and meaningful conversations. On and off podcasts, uh, I was mm-hmm. I, I was very fortunate um, to to kind of we, we connected on Twitter, but but in your your current role as as the community manager for Engageable and the Optimalist community, that that is where our uh, our, our our connection has has really blossomed, and mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that, and I'm also grateful for the fact, um, and for those of you that are keeping score at home or or tracking the the Sarah and Sean uh, band. Um uh, yeah. I was on your podcast, which you host, and I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of the Optimalist uh podcast. So I'm I'm grateful for um being on the other side. So I know exactly how you feel right now. Uh, but, <laughs> but 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 really we're 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 two soloists uh you know jamming we're on the rooftop I I will be the the uh the George to to your to your John Lennon
1: Wow, those are the roles we're playing today, huh? Those...
0: <laughs> I guess so. Because because last night, what was it? We I was the the Billy Preston to your Paul McCartney.
1: There we go. Yeah, and we were climbing the ladder to the roof, but now we are just about made it. We're ready to perform.
0: We're ready to perform, and we're doing doing the count off. So, I I, I tell you what. I, I guess really, if if we're talking about a a motif for this this particular particular podcast um it it's it's mindfulness and i and i think that's really been the motif for all of our conversations as as of late so for the the novice for the uninitiated for or for those that that are initiated into mindfulness what what is your take what is what is your kind of definition, if you will, for, for mindfulness?
1: Well, I like to, and a lot of the people in our community, uh, when we talk about this, we like to think about mindfulness first and foremost, as it really is attention. It's the, it's the way that, or the intensity with which you are able to hold or train your attention to be where you want it to be at any given moment. And when we, um, I think, I think we use like, we, you know, use the word mindful, I think pretty liberally these days, right? People say like, I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm going, I want you to do this mindfully or be mindful. Like you hear very often, right? People say, be mindful about the way you X, Y, Z. And when, when we do use it, even casually like that, I don't know if we're thinking of it that way, but really what we're saying is pay attention to the way you do that. Or you know when you write this way, you know, be mindful or pay attention. And I and so at the at its core, when we work on our mindfulness, um, or we enter into an activity or a day with the intention of being mindful, we're putting attention before anything. What is you know how can we become better and better individually at guiding? I like to say really or directing or managing the way we spend attention and where we put our attention in any given moment of any day. Um, And I think we've been sort of socially trained to think we have way less control over that than we actually do. Um, And I know you and I have talked a lot about this, like, you know, how much control we have over it only begins with the physical environment you know, it's way more than just putting your phone somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, while you're doing activities, other people, you know, it's an entire kind of lifestyle that can start at any moment. And we all have the ability to get better and better at guiding our attention or being more mindful about the way we live. Um, and I love that quote, forgot who it is now. Is it Ann Dillard? It says like the way, you know, the way you, you know, it's basically about like you know whatever you're doing at any given moment is the way you're living your life, right? What you're doing right now is the way you're. I forgot what the exact quote is, but you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it sounds but familiar. It's like yeah. we always put something. We always put things, put things off. Yeah, but we also, um, you know, might say, you know, I, I'll, I'll try today, but I don't know if I can do this. Like, or I, I can do this, but. I'll do it better tomorrow or I don't know, like we, we push things away and we don't really think that we have the ability to get to the spot that we think would be ideal, but really the way you're living your life right now, if you don't start it today, mm-hmm. it's just going to continue. And then this is the way you are. This is your life. So what I think I, what I like to talk to people about is like, what is the, what would an I, you know, how would you like your days to be? What was, what, would, what would you like your your school day to look like, or a weekend day to look like, or feel like in your body? Like, what would you like it to feel like from moment to moment? Um, And instead of dreaming that and keeping it in a cloud above Mm -hmm. your head of like, I wish I could, or one day I will, like, let's just start doing it and intentionally be mindful. Mm. Um, And not just let that become something that we use as like a filler word and not really know what it means
0: Hmm. that's a rewindable moment my friend
1: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you i didn't have to it didn't have to take that long to get one (laughs) yeah man that's
0: yeah how many
1: can we accumulate today sean I, i
0: i think we should go how many chapters are there in gatsby that's what we do is it nine
1: is it nine i think it's nine I think nine's my favorite number, so I'm sure it is. Nine, nine, Um, nine,
0: nine, nine. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. And that's why. There 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 is why. So
1: that's why there's a nine at the end of my Twitter handle, by the way.
0: Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's so cool. Well, I might
1: have some little gems like that that I'll throw at you that you don't know. You just
0: you just (laughs) blew my mind there. And and for for those that, okay, what is this nine? I, you know, you're going back and okay. (laughs) Nine is a very significant number in, in, in John Lennon's life. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's one of those kind of recurring things that, um, that comes up. He was born on October 9th. I believe he met Mm -hmm. Yoko on November the 9th or something, something like that.
1: I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah
0: um the re- revolution number nine off the the, the the white album you know um so so nine is a significant
1: number nine dream
0: number nine dream what a wonderful wonderful song one of his great one of my favorite solo hits of uh of john lennon so um and and yep. then the, there is the you know it's and kind of the tragic you know he, he was he he was killed on December the 8th, but they say in England, you know, being five hours ahead, it was the December the 9th. So all kinds of just weird, weird coincidences with the number nine, kind of a lucky number, uh, mm-hmm. for, for Mr. Lennon. And now, now I know this little tidbit it's, it's on, the, it's on the end of your, uh, your Twitter handle. That's awesome, Sarah.
1: Yeah. I've always, I've put it on the end of a lot of things for many, many years. Um, but, I can tell you about that later,
0: <laughs> yeah so as as um as community manager for uh in, engageable and 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 the optimalist uh, c- community, you know, I know mindfulness is part of part of the vision and I and I love how you framed the the the, the notion of this intentional um approach to what do you want your day to be? And, and then, mm-hmm. and then to do something about it. I know, I know we just went down a quick rabbit hole on the Beatles, but one of the things that connects us, uh, there's many things that connect us, but, but one thing in particular is, is, is music. And mm-hmm. um, I, I would love for us to explore this kind of topic of, of mindfulness, and listening to music, and and uh, I, I would love for you to kind of share your thoughts and and ideas, and, and and maybe how music can be a a pathway or an entry point to to your vision of mindfulness.
1: Uh, what a great way to connect, kind of everything, right? Yeah. And like you always say, right? That music is something like that universal thread that kind of runs through all the things that all people do everywhere. Um so it's such a great way to do that but um immediately what comes to my mind is a conversation that I had with a friend of mine probably 4 years ago or so. I think it was during the beginning of the pandemic cuz I think we were we were talking a lot on the phone and he was he's someone who's into music a lot. Um, But I made a comment about jazz. I think he maybe said, what are you doing? And we were doing so many virtual meetups at that point in the beginning of the pandemic. And I think I said I was cooking dinner and listening to jazz. And I was like, do you want to zoom with me while I do that? And he's like, I can't he's like, what jazz you, I don't even remember what I was listening to, but it is something I often will put on. So there are certain things that I like to have on while I'm doing a certain tasks, but like something fun and upbeat and like that you can move around the kitchen. Like I love to cook to things like that. And he made a comment of like, he didn't want to join me virtually but he did say he's like what do you mean you have it on in the background and I was like well I'm cooking and Mm -hmm. you know I live by myself I'm not talking to you know so unless I'm on the phone with somebody like I'm not going to stand here in silence and cook for half like I had to explain to him why I had music on and he was like well I don't think he may I never forgot this that he's like I don't think of any kind of music with words or without words like even if it's wordless
0: Mm -hmm. as
1: background music, everything Mm -hmm. should be intentionally listened to. Yes. And it annoyed me at the time because I thought he was kind of being, just like kind of like squashing my joyful moment of like, this is what I do when I cook alone. And I'm like, hey, I'm someone that appreciates music every second of the day. You don't have to tell me not (laughs) how to listen to it. But four or five years later, That pops into my head every, I would say like every other week or so that that moment will pop into my head when I throw something on that is going to be either in the backgrounds or that where that doesn't have words. And I think like, was he right? Like, was my friend Rob right when I, Mm -hmm. when, when he said like, am I, am I not being mindful about, or am I like dis, you know, disrespecting really great music when I don't just sit down and listen to it all the time. Now, I don't know what your take would be on that, but I do think it's hard to think, uh, with the amount that I listen to, or that you listen to, or a lot of us do, it's, it's, uh, hard to think of sitting still and listening every time, uh, you want to put something on, we're always going to be moving around our homes or having dinner, you know? And I think that that is something that we should, I think that is respecting music, right? You can be mindful of something and not be sitting still and paying absolute attention. I think the purpose of music is multifaceted. Um, And so just to kind of give a slightly different take, which might be more of what you were actually thinking of when you asked this question, before we started recording, I mentioned Jason Isbell. Yes. Um, And if I think of people because it's easy not to be mindful or pay super attention to bands or records that you've known forever, right? We can mm-hmm. put them on at any moment. We might know every word, you know, you don't necessarily have to sit um, and think about it all the time, although you do, but I get, you know, newer artists and Jason Isbell's not super new, but he has a new record out called Weather Veins. And over the last week and a half, it's the first real like new record that I've paid attention to super mindfully in a very long time and so much so that i tweeted about it the other night and um i've i've found sitting in the evening specifically in the evening it's had an effect on me um like after dinner time sitting here maybe i'm doing something a little bit like maybe i'm reading an article or just sitting here quietly like drinking tea and I have that album on in the background and every single song as it starts makes me like brings me into the into the song itself so certain artists I think also have this ability to pull us into whatever world they're creating or as you were talking about F Scott Fitzgerald before and talking about word paintings um and he creates like a little portrait of a time like it or a moment in every single song. And they almost make it impossible for you to not be mindful um, or to not give your attention. And when I think about that, I think about the balance that we all have to strive for or should be wanting to strive for in this like really crazy modern distracted world is like, we can't always be waiting for stuff to pull us in. We also like, there could be an artist like Jason Isbell, who is really good at saying like, Hey, I'm going to quietly get your attention here. I'm not yelling at you, but it's really hard to not pay attention to what I'm playing, to what I'm singing, to what I'm doing here. Cause it's really different and cool and important, but we also have personal responsibility to, as we like to say in our community to be engageable as individuals. So like, we also have to Can't just wait for that next up and coming album or song or, you know, whatever it might be to grab us and bring us in there. And I think, I think a lot of, a lot of our society does that now we are just kind of walking around in our worlds, kind of doing our thing and waiting for the next big thing to pull us in and, and engage us and entertain us. And we don't know how to sit still and look through things like visit the record store on a Saturday morning and rustle through stuff that you might not want, but you might for a couple of hours and really get into like, that's being mindful. Even if you walk out buying nothing, you've spent a couple of hours deciding, you know, and looking and maybe listening or sampling and reading. It's the same thing about a bookstore. You know, we don't really think about that sense of that sense of mindfulness, you know, doesn't have to be that you are, you know, mindfulness doesn't have to be meditating or even how, as we think about taking walks and all those quiet moments, it can literally just be making, making decisions in a slower way um, or, or, or being responsible for your own engagement with the world. And I think the record store example is a really good, a really good way to think of it. Right. We don't, we don't do that kind of thing enough, or we think of it as like, like I don't have time for that you know just show me what music just show me what to listen to what's good yeah um and you get it it's a little like ah it's not what we you know to me that's more disrespectful of how music or any art should be appreciated we think in that way it does become background noise right just tell me what's new what's good what should I put on what should I read what's the top 10 list rather than accepting that you know, all you know what we what we what's going to make us have fulfilled and appreciative of the world in front of us is to be engaged with what is in front of us, um, and it's so hard to do these days.
0: You know, that, that, no, that, that that's another rewindable moment as 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 well. Salut! So, I have my coffee as well. um
1: Mine has to be iced.
0: Oh my my! It, it does in in your situation <laughs> in, in the heat. You know, wow the the record store for me is this universe that contains all of these individual worlds, and and you know so if I if I pick up like a copy of of, of Carol King's Tapestry album, which 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 in and of itself is a work of art, um, and and it invites it invites you the listener to mindfulness It invites you to be present with her and whatever it is that she's expressing. So I, I love the fact that, you know, although I, I love my Spotify and I love the fact that I can, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look up the Weather Vanes album a, a, a little bit later and sample that uh, because my friend, Sarah, and I respect your musical sensibility. Uh, I want to, I want to listen to that and I, that'll maybe save me some money, but then maybe, maybe I will go and, and, and get the album. Um, but, but there's a shortcut there and, 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 and there's something that that um you know like in carol king she made some intentional decisions in the creation of this album that i want that 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 are meant to not only invite me to some sort of mindful listening journey but also dignify me as as a, as a consumer as a listener i'm invited you know and and the picture here if you if, if you're if those of you who are seeing this there's you know there's well who is this cat you know what's going on with this cat on the cover and uh, Carol King doesn't have shoes on, and, and it looks like she's got mm-hmm. um, a, a quilt here that she's, um, oh, wow, tapestry, okay, and then and then you open up, and, and then there's all these great pictures of her um, and, and her musician friends performing and recording this album, and then you go on the back, and there's just all these intentional things that I love that help me become a part of this world, that she mm-hmm. has, has woven uh, in in a, in a in an audio sense, right? Um, you know, even you know. Sometimes I like to look at the grooves on the album and and, and okay, well, where where was this made?
1: I do the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, isn't that cool? You know, and yeah, and, and 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 then you know, you well, who played on this? Oh wow, James Taylor. Oh, he played guitar, and and oh, Terry King played the cello. I wonder how Terry is and how and, and <laughs> how that is is going you know and, and there's just all these little kind of nooks and crannies that and that's why it's part of the reason why I value the art form of of the album because it does invite it, it invites you on this kind of mindful list, listening journey but it's good to know I'm not the only one that 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 does that <laughs> so, so so thank you. you you do the same thing Sarah
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, of looking closely at stuff, and I used to do it way more. Um, when I had, I mean, if I if I showed you my CD collection from you know the late '90s, or, you know, early 2000s, that like the, the the era of collecting CDs, which is still in the basement at my parents' house, it's all. And I'm told often, um, get them out. Like next time you're home, can you? And I have cabinets of books that I don't even know where to begin with uh, that are still there. I don't even know what they possibly could be um but they're all from that same era like when collecting cds there was a period of time where like collecting cds was a pretty big deal yep
0: um but that's
1: there's a ton (laughs) down there what was that
0: i can i can attest to that i i yeah a a pretty sizable cd collection as as well as album
1: and i haven't touched any of those except for perhaps to um like anytime I've been home during holidays or something to grab a couple of maybe Christmas ones that I have there that maybe aren't available anywhere else. There's a couple of things that people had recorded for me. So I'll grab a few things like that. But other than that, there's hundreds of things that have never been touched in like 10 years. But, but the reason I bring that up is because if you were to see those shelves, um, still, if you, you, all you have to do is glance at them, like the spines of them. And I had numbered them all starting from the first CDs I ever got when CDs were brand new. And I was in middle school when CDs were brand new or like ninth grade or something like that. And, um, I numbered my first CD, uh, which was, this is not planned. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, this is not planned, but the first thing I ever owned on CD was *Sgt. Pepper. And oh, that really? is not a lie. Yeah. Oh, really? And so oh, that says, num- <laughs> <laughs> that says number that has the number one on it on my shelf. And so I had numbered every CD and its case and had um, notes that I would keep in a notebook about like the condition of things as if I was running a record store. I love it. So like paying attention to those details, because I would lend people CDs, like people at school. Um, you know, friends of mine, they would say, do you have this? And then I would lend it to them and I would know you have number seven. Um, I would know number seven is missing. Uh, so that's what I did. So if you think about attention, that might be attention to detail in your record collection. That's taking it to a new height, I think. Um, but that, that I was always worried if I saw a blank space for like more than a couple of weeks, I'm like, who has it?
0: (laughs) very you know i i wish i had that same attention to detail because i have <laughs> many a uh, cassette and cd and album because and and i'm I'm a little more careful now uh lending things out uh, i mean I, I think maybe that is the beauty of streaming you don't have to do that as much but also too it, it yeah. does create that that connection that i that, that that i always loved you know trading cds and tapes and albums and Uh, borrowing and 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 then dubbing and 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 doing those things but but i i uh i appreciate uh your your inventory effort
1: (laughs) and it's funny that you say the trading things because i also i still have um there's a the double album the smashing pumpkins double album that was so big when i was in 10th uh i still have my friend Heather's copy of that. And it's on those shelves in, at my parents' house. And when I do, it's one of the only double CDs, I, you know, double CDs always stand out on the shelf mm-hmm. because they're so much thicker. And when I see that one, I always remember that that's my friend Heather's and she did the same thing as me would write. It would say like her last name and then the number on the inside. Um, so we were kind of musical freaks in that way together, but Somehow I wound up keeping that album for 30 years, but, uh, yeah, but that, I love that idea that you just said about that, that trade-off being a connection, um, mm-hmm. when there is only this copy, like, you know, and it reminds me of like, I just set up my new record player like a couple weeks ago and I don't have that many records here, but I've been listening a lot to Joni Mitchell's blue. Mm. And I just, A Case of You is one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm. And I have this modern mentality of wanting to keep it on repeat. It ends and I want it to repeat. It ends and I want it to repeat. And I'm in the other room and I want to just tell Alexa to repeat the song, but I forget that it's on the record. And so I have to walk to the record and intentionally (laughs) repeat it. (laughs) and that's another it's another thing that puts that connection though right it's a connection to something physical and to me that's a mindful act right it's a anything that connects you to the world that's in front of you or to your physical space or to your body or to another person all of that is um you know brings us into the present moment
0: you know and 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 also too as as I think about blue which I have a great great respect and Joni Mitchell's uh is going through a a, uh, a well-deserved and much-needed renaissance.
1: Renaissance, the, oh my gosh! Live yes.
0: album that's getting ready to 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 come out. That surprise mm-hmm. concert that she did at the Newport Folk Festival. Actually, I think it was a year ago today. If 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 I'm not Maybe. mistaken. Um. But but every time when I think of Blue, and again the, the connection, I, I I think about how I used to teach that album. Uh, mm. Back to my high school English teacher days, and then, but but as the, the dad part of me, uh, my case of you is a great great song. My favorite song on that album is Carrie, and and uh, oh interesting, and, and, and which which is just such a great great song. And 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 part of the reason why I love that song is I remember introducing that to my oldest daughter. I remember us driving, listening to that and listening to Blue, and the part in Carrie when. The harmonies kick in, mm-hmm. you know, and and she and I, without missing a beat, you know, both started doing that at with 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 Joni Mitchell. So I always get a very warm dad memory of uh, of sharing that kind of musical kinship with uh, with my daughter driving around and, and and listening to that. The 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 other thing too, and you and and the, the Smashing Pumpkins album got me thinking too, and just in terms of another another connection and, and Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is I remember when that album came mm-hmm. out. Um, I, I'm i going to show my age just a little bit that that was probably year two for me as a teacher. So I was about 23, 22. Um, and and but I remember that album being and, and that has this hasn't happened so often now, kind of sort of does. But when albums mm-hmm. would come out, it was an event. And and you sit yes. everywhere, you know, very much like the Sergeant Pepper album. You hear the stories when it came out in '67. It was on everywhere. I remember the 20th anniversary of Sergeant mm-hmm. Pepper. That that was like an event. I remember when U2's Joshua Tree coming out, and it was an event. Hey, did you hear that? I remember that did you, too. Did you, hey, did you? It's not. They're different now, you know. And and you know, it's it's these. And and I know you're doing a similar thing with. Engageable in the optimalist community to kind of create these these mm-hmm. moments uh, and and, yeah. and music music does it does does a similar thing, right?
1: yeah, and it, and you're bringing that I, I think of that it's funny that Joshua Tree does stick in my mind as an example of that often because I was young when that came out and not even really aware of much popular music, but I remember it like when I hear someone mention yeah. the name of that album, I remember it being like a thing and I wouldn't have even known what it was. That's how big an event something would have been surrounding one album and one artist and one album. And I think we were, I mean, there's almost no way that that happens in that way anymore. You get, there's one or two artists, right. That people upset, like, like everyone knows when a Taylor Swift album comes out, but it's not, but you don't have to be a Taylor Swift fan to know everyone just, it just, it, it's just a thing. Like those are things that people just are aware of now, but it's not the same. Uh, there's something that's missing from it. It's almost like it's being, it feels like it's being forced on us now because when Mm -hmm. something like that happens, it's pervasive. We're so surrounded by media of every kind that you can't escape it. You're not making the choice to interact with it. It's that idea. Like I said earlier of like, you're not actually engaging with it because you want to although many people are but you can't you can't actually escape the idea that it is there it's it's grabbing you and saying look at me i'm here um but but when an artist came out i mean billy joel had moments like that too Mm -hmm. i remember when i was in when i was in um like elementary school middle school and living in new york on long island that was always a big thing but um, But yeah, you, but it would always be like, uh, you know, it, and there would be reasons why it was happening. And like, I don't know, it, it is, it's different than it is now. Like you, you, you feel like you have less of a choice in the matter Um, that you're being told like, Hey, this is a big deal. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, I it, like it makes
0: perfect sense. And I, and, yeah. and again, I think, I think back to the, this because it, it was an event. And, and, and you, and it would be this, Hey, did you, Hey, did you hear the new U2, even the Octung Baby album, where they weren't U2 anymore. They, they, Mm -hmm. they very much like Sergeant Pepper. They, they became this, you know, Bono was not Bono anymore. He was McFisto. He was the fly and Mm -hmm. and different. And and you would hear just this kind of chatter. Hey, you should hear it. Hey, I got a copy. Can I borrow it? Hey, yeah. Come on, come to my dorm room and let's 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 listen and 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 very much those that that kind of hushed chatter and connection. I'll tell you what it really reminds me of as I'm thinking about it. And It's one of my favorite scenes, uh, word paintings, if you will, in Gatsby, <laughs> is when is when when um Nick the narrator talks about how everybody was going home west. There's that mm-hmm. scene, you know. Hey, you know, and and there's this kind of rushed. One of my favorite and, scenes. Yes, and 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 everybody's <laughs> heading back, and and there's this connection, you know. And I, 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 you know, I, I, I have great fun. We both have great fondness for for that novel, but but again, you're right. There there isn't that kind of same. It's kind of dropped. Uh, you too, is actually guilty of that. Remember when they dropped the of innocence and everybody's eyes, everybody was mad.
1: I was just thinking of that. It's, well, yeah, it might be the first cultural moment of something like that. Um, that, that we could probably recall. Um, I, I think, but, but yeah, even just listening to you talk about that, I'm trying to think of the differences between an event of like a musical event, yeah, 20, 30 years ago and a musical event now. And really, what is the difference? Like and it also is, I think uh, there's so many more artists now, but yet I think people are so uh, as a as a whole, as a society. We're not aware of many of them. We're aware of like four of them culturally. Mm. And so we only look at when Taylor Swift or Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. say, like we only look at like these names that were told These people are doing something, look at it. And where are all the other people? I I don't know that culturally we think about that. And and that's where it's like, because there's so much choice now Mm -hmm. in all the kinds of things you can engage with and be entertained by or watch or read, you wind up having to find, I think, intentional community and be really mindful about that even more so. So if you love something, you can find other people that love it um anywhere and i think we're really like the you know the internet really aids us i mean we wouldn't know each other if it weren't for twitter i wouldn't know any of the guests on my podcast if it weren't for twitter or have any of the of the um i guess roots planted for any of the community building if it weren't for the internet and so um really you can be you can really find what it is that you want and find a group of people that do want to be intentional about something that you are also being mindful of. Um, And that in that way, that's another way that we can in this crazy world that does want to entertain us and say, and, and have control over our attention we can go right back at that world of media and, and find and use it to find ways to actually manage our attention. Like, yeah, I see these big things going on, but I actually want to do this. Where are the people that want to do this with me? And that, you know, that's another way to kind of use technology to our advantage, right? We can find people that want to do almost anything or talk about almost anything or go almost anywhere. Um, I'm actually doing that right now. I, I just, um, There's a dating app called Bumble. I don't know if you know, have heard of that name.
0: No. But they
1: just released an app that's not for dating. They always were known to have a a section of their app where you can, it was called Bumble BFF. And so you could click on a tab in it and create a separate profile for finding friends in your area. And so I just did it like a week and a half ago because I just moved to a new neighborhood in LA and I'm like itching to get a whole bunch of new girlfriends to like go and do I have a million list of fun things I want to do and grab people and it's so hard when you live in a city like this where everyone's far apart so I'm like where are the people within two miles of me who want to do these things Mm. so I started doing it on this app and then it just was announced two days ago that they are released a whole other app they broke the BFF section of that app out and made a whole new application for it. So I deleted the old one, downloaded the new one. And in this app, it transferred all of the connections I had made. And in this app is a function. there's only a couple of things you can do, like find people, connect with them and chat. And then there's a function called create a create a community invite or something like that. And if you click on it, I can invite people I've matched with to a gathering. So they don't none of us know each other. They don't know who I've matched with. So I could click on these 10 women and be like, "Let's have coffee at noon on on Sunday. Who's available?" And so I'm like super excited to jump into this really like intentional, like I'm like I'm going to come up with a theme for this. Like, what can I ask all these strangers meeting at a coffee house on a random Sunday who don't know each other? How can I bring them together and create a a weird little community that's intentional and that creates like, you know, really something really beautiful can grow from that. And so my mind is like going nuts about how to use technology to really create a mindful way of living in a city that can really, you know, pull people apart. You know, how can we come together and connect in a world that wants to pull us apart and in a city that's designed to kind of separate everybody into Mm -hmm. little enclaves. Um, and so that's what I really love, and I guess that connects to what I do for Engageable and Optimus
0: stuff. Perfect segue.
1: I mean, I have a com- that community mindset. I think doesn't stop. Like, it's I think a lot of people who are in community work and and community management have that mentality throughout a lot of like. And if I don't find the if I'm without a way to gather, I get like anxious. Like, I'm like, where are the where are the people that I can gather? Where are they? And then this app just dropped into my hands the other day um but i recommend that i'm recommending that to everybody anybody that download the bumble bff app and see what happens in your neighborhood especially if you're in a metro area um and just see who's see who's there you can you can find concert buddies like anything um it's it's really kind of cool i don't know how i got onto that but i wanted to (laughs) plug plug community building
0: and no, that's a that's a good place to get on. I'm thinking, I you know we I need an app like that for for principals because uh, we we are an acquired taste. um and and it's it's our gig is twenty four seven and 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 it's hard to find friends. It's hard to find connections like that. I, or or maybe maybe I need to find other other principals in my town. Who who like to meet at record stores on Saturday mornings and then and then right. the community that way right you know
1: I mean you literally pick the things that you are <laughs> interested in and you can click concerts you can click bookstore I can click records I can click music I, I can you can be very specific like I have stand up comedy on mine and now I have two people that want to go to a stand up comedy open mic with me on Sunday night like in two days I found those people. Um, cool. otherwise I would just keep showing up on my own until other people wanted to do stuff with me.
0: <laughs> oh, you're going to find somebody. I I know. Do. you will, you will. And it'll be in a cool place too. Literally. a cool
1: Yes. Place. Well, sorry to derail the conversation a little bit,
0: but it's <laughs> okay. What, what yeah. Sarah for you is, is an, a go-to album, uh, or even a piece of music. That, that invites uh, mindful listening, that that encourages you to, okay, I got to take that pause, take that moment, and I'm going to use this album or use this piece of music to um, to get into that, hmm. that mindfulness state.
1: So do you mean something I would sit still and listen to or, yeah. or be relaxing? Um, I call it a listening room. That's my dream is to have just a listening room with a mm-hmm. record player in it. And that's it. And the only thing you're allowed to do in there is sit and listen Love with it. other people and talk. maybe talk about what you're listening to. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, I would put something like that. Jason Isbell record on there, too. And anything by him. I will do that with people like. Um, like Elliot Smith. Oh, yeah. I'll do that with I was just talking about elliot smith last week with somebody i went to a comedy show and they in in a place where they have one of elliot smith's guitars backstage um and we were talking about that him on stage and did they did a cover of him so uh yeah something like elliot smith would be up there and then if i were in that same vein um even like guitarists like some some um Some strains of John Mayer, where he's just playing guitar, like Mm -hmm. John Mayer on electric guitar. I like listening to people who are really good at electric guitar Mm. Um, and some of his earlier stuff, like sitting in like, that's an example of something that um, someone might say is wordless doesn't have lyrics. So I would put it on the background, but I, I might also do that, but I will also, I could just sit here in a chair and and look out the window and listen to someone play someone really good play electric guitar for like hours. Um, like to me, that's, and it, you know, we were talking the other day about the mind wandering. Yeah. You can let your mind wander in and wander out. Like it can kind of zoom in and zoom out. And I think it also becomes an impetus for your own creativity. Um, like listening to that is enough. Like you're listening to someone at their most creative and most talent doing the thing that they're the best at, but at the same time, it allows you to kind of wander and think about maybe maybe that's when like you're solving problems or like you're coming up with ideas for things you didn't think you could think about. And I don't know, someone else's creativity or peak peak talent allows me to kind of I I think like I said zoom out, but then zoom into like myself, and and then usually something good comes from that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have a similar approach to to listening, you know. So there, there, it, it will either, you know, cause me to have, or it's that trap door which I which which I've shared with you, um, you know, to to wander and to explore. But then also, as I zoom out, it it does compel me to zoom in to think about, oh well. Here's an idea here, um, as a, as I'm listening to Dwayne Allman, uh, you know, or old school mm-hmm. brothers and 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 the interplay on a song like Mountain Jam or Mike Bloomfield, uh late great uh blues guitarist, uh who actually played guitar on Dylan's Highway uh, 64 uh, revisited uh album and um and like a Rolling Stone and and so on and so forth. Um but, but no, I, I, I value that. What's that album though, that you, you have to listen to beginning to end. I'm curious. What's that album that that Uh, skips? There's no, so many. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: (laughs) um, I mean, I probably have some from different eras. Uh, you know, I, I graduated from high school in 2000. So that puts like a little pin on the map as to what may have been big at at that time. But, um, mm. I also, you know, when I, like I said, my first CD was Sergeant Pepper. So, I mean, that's a, that's a beginning to end album. Sure. Some things like I personally want to listen to from beginning to end and some things are just musically meant to be listened to from beginning to end. Like I would say that about Sergeant Pepper, it's not something you just pull a song out.
0: Exactly. But I
1: want, I mean, I could just, I would just tell, I would just pull a song out and tell Alexa to play it. But if I'm going to listen to something like that, I'm going to listen to it from beginning to end. But for, and also then things for me personally, that I just think every song is a song to, that I, that I, there's no skippable songs. Um, this is why I bring up my graduation, my school year. Um, but things like, um, Lisa Loeb, who was very big for a very yeah. short time when I was in middle school, hey. I don't know people, if you remember her, that's good. But Lisa yeah. Loeb and nine stories album tales. Um, that is a, a record that I will put on from beginning to end. And I know every single word and every time I put it on, I can think of. Uh, I immediately see myself as like an eighth grader, mm. sing, memorizing it and singing. Like that album was so important to me when I was in seventh and eighth grade, uh, and knowing every single word, um, lip syncing that. I, I don't know all of that stuff. Um, but I, but there are a lot. Of, and then, and then I have similar things with people like Jewel, from that time period. I think mm. a lot of it is like um, female artists that people. That had like a moment in the mid nineties that I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if people realize what of what an impact they had on, maybe they do an impact they had on being a young girl at the time, uh, in a time where it's easy to just mention, it's always easy to mention 20, you know, male led rock bands, but to, yeah. to pick out the standouts, like women were really ruling the the airwaves at that time. And so I have b- deep connections to those tracks and know every single word. So those would be really playable albums for me. Um, but then I think of things that are meant to be played as a whole. And I think of something like Sergeant Pepper. And that's why that was my first album. I would, you couldn't interrupt me listening to that.
0: <laughs> Still can't, forget, <laughs> but, but I totally no. identify with the, the connection to, to representation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 um, you know, being being black, and and being a big fan of the Beatles, and seeing them like we I talked about this on on your podcast um, last night. You know that 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 whole movement of all four of them looking at and acknowledging Billy Preston in the moment of of his piano solo on Get Back is a very big deal for me. Is a huge deal for me. And 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 I've talked about it on this podcast in the past before. Where, wow, if if four white guys um, at the height of the '60s could include and seriously consider, because uh, they did at one point, uh, consider inviting uh, Billy Preston into the band full time, they gave him credit. I thought, well, wow, there's room in that world for me, and there's and and I have a sense of belonging. Um, and so when when I listen to um that song get back or or I listen to the Let it be album which is my favorite album that is always mm-hmm. in my head that is always part of like my mindful listening thing that's that's where, where my world goes so I I totally get where where you're coming from in terms of because you're right in the 90s and early 2000s it was a string of these just incredible singer-songwriters that were taking up the mantle from Joni Mitchell and Carol yep. King. And, Mm -hmm. and and Lisa Loeb, Jewel, Natalie Merchant. I mean, we can, we can really go, go, go. Oh,
1: Natalie Merchant. Yeah. Uh, All of them. And I think Jewel is someone who is really underrated. Like she was really big at that time, but only for a few tracks. And um, which is why I bring her up as someone who I will take a couple of her albums and listen. She has an amazing, amazing holiday album that I don't think anybody knows about. It's one of my top three holiday albums that I, you know, um, that I will listen. I love really well-made holiday albums and hers is amazing. She does, um, duos with her mother mm. that are completely acapella and she has an opera background. And so she and her mother sing like really, really quiet renditions of of very slow Christmas songs, like I wander as I wander, mm. but they do it a cappella with like those their little bit of an opera tone to it. It's just amazing. Um but I think she's super underrated um and super talented and and um but But yeah, I I just I get really into vocals like that, too, just like in the same way that I would get into, um, uh, you know, highlighting something like like John Mayer's solo guitar playing. I get into those people who um, like people's individual solo talents, things that they are particularly particularly do well. So if you were to look at my even my CD collection from from back then, you would see a lot of that, like the people that I or, or even groups that I wind up latching on to often have someone in there that's known for something spectacular mm-hmm. um and then that's that'll and, and maybe i don't know anyone else that listens to them but i'll be like but didn't you hear the way that background singer does this and i usually like we'll hone in on this one little detail and that's what that's what makes me keep them in my collection i'm like i just want to hear that harmony like mm-hmm. and that'll be the only reason i have a specific album <laughs>
0: No, I, I'm I'm the same way. Like I mentioned the Carrie song, but but to me, one of the great moments, and, and no one I've not known anyone who has reflected this back to me, but the Beatles Here Comes the Sun, which is an incredible song. But for me, not only is it my favorite moment in the song, but it's probably one of my favorite moments in Beatles music music history. It's the hand claps. I I just something yes. about the hand claps during sun, sun, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. there's just something about those hand claps that just get me. And I'll tell people, Hey, did you, did you, did you, did you hear that? Did you get that? I, I, I have a daughter who's the same way. Um, when it, she's probably inherited that from me, where, where she'll listen to something. She's a big Motown fan and she'll say, Oh, did, did cool. you hear that harmony? Did you hear that baseline? And, and, and I love it. So I, I, I get it. And again, that's that deep mindful listening that we do and those just mm-hmm. little elements that just stay with us, whether it's John Mayer's solo. And he, he gosh, there's just so many things that he does. Mm-hmm. His version of Stevie Ray Vaughan's Lenny is worth the price of admission. Um, <laughs> I, right?
1: I bring him up specifically because I've been listening to one of his albums. I don't know how it got into my brain. Oh, you know why? Because I love the song gravity. And mm-hmm. I had, I had made a mix album, <laughs> almost at a mixtape, but really just a playlist with that on it a yeah. month or two ago. And, um, and I keep pulling that on. And now I've been putting that on every time I transition from my work, the work portion of my day to like my, my evening. I've been putting that on. Um, I'm like, Lexa, play Gravity. And then Gravity comes on. And uh, from there, I've been exploring more. I'm like, why don't I listen to more John Mayer anymore? And he has so many albums that I don't even know now. Um, and he, I think he's just gotten better and better.
0: Yeah. And so that
1: I mean that's someone and there are people like that that like were known at a specific time that are still that are super thriving in yeah. in whatever niche they're really good at, like him, you know, being a really he's a really great songwriter, but also an act just an excellent guitarist. And you know, he has a huge fan base, but people don't talk about him um really like like you would think. But um but yeah, that those are the kind of people I latch on to. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? And what you know. He's got, he's really, he's someone really intentional and mindful, you know, and and that might be a thread running through a lot of what we're talking about. The people that we are also kind of attached to and listen to intentionally are people who are mindful of what they're putting out there. And they've honed their attention to a specific skill um, in a way that no one else can.
0: Very, very similar to our great Gatsby. Is that my cue to read? (laughs) That is your cue to read. I I would love. That is your cue to read it. You know, um, for for those tuning in, Sarah and I are are former high school English teachers, and and one of the books that we vibe on, and it's the book that for me was Mm -hmm. got me into teaching um, to begin with, is The Great Gatsby. Uh, So I I have my copy. And I know you have your copy,
1: one and of my copies.
0: One of <laughs> yes, same here. So I I would love for you to read. You said you had a passage prepared, or you wanted to read something prepared. I, would, I don't know. Or, um, or, or or anything. There are but, things
1: I love to read from here out loud. There are sections. Uh, I mean, is it might be cliche for me to read the ending out loud, but but starting with um, let's do it. Oh well, I think it's page one seventy five where. Is this what you were referring to before? Coming back west.
0: Yes. Yes. These
1: memories of coming back west during Christmas and talking about it's one of the things that I I read this That's over true. and over again when I first moved from New York to California. Um, I am obsessed with like America's obsession with like East and West and the coasts and you know, the settling in the east, but then the movement west and how the western frontier still is a frontier and how everything, everything big and fresh still starts in the West and then moves East. And it's really, it's kind of this, this weird thing um, back and forth that just never ends. Uh, and, and so the, I used to talk about that a lot um, when, you know, in the, in the, you know, you'd go back and talk about East wagon, egg and West egg, and all of that represents what we're talking about at the end. Um, when he, when he starts talking about going back West himself, uh, now I'm getting
0: an English teacher. It's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: getting all, I'm getting, I no. uh, just really went right into that mode without even trying Hey,
0: without missing a beat. I, Hey, I'm at home here. So I, <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I
1: was about to say, and isn't it interesting that Nick is a Westerner coming East. And, you know, he's got to bring, he, you know, he's a narrator bringing that freshness to a world that is stuck in something stagnant.
0: Yeah. Which, if if you don't mind, go, go ahead and read <laughs> that passage. Um,
1: is that the passage you were talking about? Let's see. Yeah. One of my um, most vivid, one of memories. My most vivid yeah. memories. Where should yeah. I stop, though? Let's see. Oh, my, I love the next page, too. So, that was uh, my Middle West. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to read until you tell me to stop then,
0: okay. yeah, i might I might jump in. go for it
1: cool. One of my most vivid memories is of coming back west from prep school and later from college at Christmas time. Those who went farther than Chicago would gather in the old, dim union station at six o'clock of a December evening with a few Chicago friends, already caught up into their own holiday gaieties to bid them a hasty goodbye. I remember the fur coats of the girls returning from Miss This or That, and the chatter of frozen breath, and the hands waving overhead as we caught sight of old acquaintances, and the matchings of invitations. Are you going to the Ordways, the Hersey's, the Schultzes, and the long green tickets, clasped tight in our gloved hands? And last, the murky yellow cars of the Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Paul Railroad, looking cheerful as Christmas itself on the tracks beside the gate. When we pulled out into the winter night and the real snow, our snow, began to stretch out beside us and twinkle against the windows and the dim lights of small Wisconsin stations moved by, a sharp, wild brace came suddenly into the air. We drew in deep breaths of it as we walked back from dinner through the cold vestibules, unutterably aware of our identity with this country for one strange hour before we melted indistinguishably into it again. That's my Middle West, not the wheat or the prairies or the lost Swede t- towns, but the thrilling returning trains of my youth and the street lamps and sleigh bells and the frosty dark and the shadows of holly wreaths thrown by lighted windows on the snow. I am part of that, a little solemn with the feel of those long winters, a little complacent from growing up in the Caraway house in a city where dwellings are still called through decades by a family's name. I see now that this has been a story of the West after all Tom and Gatsby, Daisy and Jordan and I were all Westerners and perhaps we possessed some deficiency in common, which made us subtly unadaptable to Eastern life.
0: Um, Beautifully read. And, um, that I, just I, made I, me I, so happy. Yeah. That, that just, <laughs> man. Um,
1: I just had a couple of insights too that I had as I was reading. I was like, I don't know if I've ever thought of that before. Yeah,
0: there's there's a lot, there's a lot there, and, and it's just just that shimmering word painting, and it's so visceral, and you read it so well. Um, I, I'm gonna. I, I don't have any audio books of, of of mine, but I know who I'm calling um, to. Uh, <laughs> To help me with that one day. Um, That's
1: a milestone of mine. Is to I would like to be an audiobook recorder. I need to get on that now that I'm in the midst of Hollywood here, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, it, I, I, that 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 might be another one of our many projects because I, I have a similar <laughs> as well. like I would love to just read. Um, I love reading aloud, and I love I love doing that, and I love radio, and I love I love podcasting, so. Um, but that 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 might that might be another venture. Um, but yeah, get. And when my
1: kids would read this book, I I, when my students would read this book, and they would be reading a lot of. It was so hard to assign Gatsby independently because you just want to hear it. It's not even like I love the physical act of reading it out loud, but it's just because it's it is like a giant poem. Poems are meant to be heard, and so Mm -hmm. it's so hard to get just now I'm reading it what is this 9 thousandth time I just read those the four paragraphs and I had two insights I'd never thought of just from hearing it out loud.
0: Mm-hmm. you don't
1: get that when you read it um and but I would tell when I would assign that last chapter I'm like read up to this part and then stop do not read past that I want you to same hear thing. it for the first time from my mouth
0: mm-hmm. I used to <laughs> I'm the like same do thing. not yeah.
1: but because I would say that so emphatically they would come in I read further Miss Candela I read further.
0: I'm like I told you not to read. <laughs> I, like I, I the did only a one similar move.
1: Not to read.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did a similar move with the things they carried because the last two pages of the things they carried.
1: Oh, me, gorgeous! It, it's yeah.
0: it's it's very similar to the last kind of from from that point that you read to the conclusion of Gatsby. Like yep. you have to hear it, you have to experience it. You just can't read about beethoven's Ninth. Mm-hmm. you got to hear it you got to hear that timpani going at the end right um and exactly it, same thing there and 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 again that that attention that mindfulness that presence so thank you thank you for sharing sharing that sarah if if folks want to connect with you and and maybe to hear more about the two insights <laughs> that you got <laughs> from or if you just want me to read to you yeah we just want you to read <laughs> where where and how can folks uh connect with you if not meet you uh BF, <laughs> meet the, me you know,
1: on bumble bf uh um, yeah, in the southern california area and you want to join one of my uh cool or soon to be cool meetup groups that i'm forming as of yesterday uh please i'm serious like if you are around here please let me know but um I spend an incredibly uh, ridiculous amount of time on Twitter, mm-hmm. so you can reach me there at s candela 9 uh, and I'm also the same on Instagram and now threads, as we all are yeah. attempting to thread in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really do anything on Instagram, but um, I have been trying to thread a little bit, but Twitter is really the place where I... Um, really do a lot of a lot of stuff. And let's see, you can also follow Engageable if you're so inclined at Get Engageable. Um, and that is the same on every platform, also Twitter and Instagram and threads. And I am the, mostly the one tweeting from those accounts and posting from those accounts. So that is also me mm-hmm. <laughs> in some respects. Um, and you can go to GetEngageable.com. And, and that's where you can find links to how to find the Optimalist newsletter. You can subscribe to the Optimalist podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, And I think, and I would also plug, I think, um, I don't know when this is going to come out, but right now it is July 28th. Is that July
0: 28th? Yeah.
1: Recording on July 28th. And um, Sean's episode of the Optimalist that he, we recorded yesterday will be out next Wednesday. Um, so that is a little plug for that episode. So you can oh. go and subscribe anywhere that you find podcasts.
0: Yeah. I'll probably thank you for that, Sarah. And I, and probably since that was like volume one and following <laughs> one, then, yeah. then what, I'll, what I'll have to do, we'll, we'll, we'll sync it up. I'll, I'll make sure that this episode drops after, and then it can be like a part one and then a part two.
1: Oh my gosh. That'd be great. Yeah. And you know what? Album. Now I'm thinking, let's like collaborate on, on the artwork a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> let's absolutely. make it like Sarah and Sean volume one, volume yeah, two. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll get Klaus um, Warman to, uh, to do the, the artwork. We'll, we'll get him in on it.
1: Oh my gosh. And we'll call it like volume one is presence. Volume two is mindfulness. Um, right. They both that's had it. kind of like a subtitle.
0: Yeah. That's, that's it. You, you, folks are getting podcasts behind, which I love. I love getting all meta here, but folks yeah. right now are getting some some behind the scenes podcast collaborative. Um, this is
1: what I happens, folks. It. Yes, this <laughs> is
0: this is a rewindable moment. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> to us it is. I don't know if everyone's enjoying listening to us pre plan or next week, but
0: uh, it's all good. I don't I don't have a Tim fine. to edit. You know, I I gotta. You
1: don't. We'll say Tim will listen to this, so we'll say hi, Tim. Tim. <laughs> yes, hello
0: Tim. Do, do do not do not press stop. Um, oh man. But but this this has been great and 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 what a great um great capstone to to the end of the week um and and we've had, you know, a, a, this is number 4 in in a series of of continuing conversations which I'm grateful to have have with you uh Sarah. Folks, please be sure to to follow and connect with sarah candela i will put all of her um ca- you know information about right. Op- the optimist podcast that she hosts which i'm a big fan of and uh, the engageable app all of those things will be in the show notes and uh mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to come up with some sort of hashtag sarah for for this uh this collaborative uh pursuit sure. this this side project that we've got we've got brewing i don't know mm-hmm. we'll We'll we'll, we'll we'll come up with that, and and if anyone has any ideas, feel free to DM us on uh, on Twitter or Instagram or or Threads or wherever wherever we may be. Um, Sarah, thank you so much again for uh, for visiting, and and uh, I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Of Yep, coming soon, probably in an hour.
0: <laughs>
1: yes,
0: <laughs> thanks, <I hope. laughs> thanks <Exactly>. Sean. <laughs> so this is the part where I sign off and that this is the Principal Lighter Notes podcast. This is Sean Gaylord. Very grateful for Sarah Candela for visiting and, and connecting. Please be sure to follow her. As I always sign off, don't forget to share with the world your dreams, your visions, your ideas. And also don't forget to take just a moment for you to pause and 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 to or or press pulse on the engageable app and, and to take some time to, to connect or, or explore or wander or find whatever trapdoor that you need because you help make the world a better place and the world needs your dreams and your visions and ideas. This is the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Sean Gaylord signing off. Hope to catch you on the flip side or at a record store or at a cool cafe uh, place with Sarah Candela. Thank you so much.